Father, we just want to bless you once again this morning. You are in our midst. You have been blessing us. We just pray, O oh God, that you also bless us for the period that we are going to hear you speak to us. Let every man here, let every woman, let every son, let every daughter be blessed through your word. Father, we pray that you will not pass any of us by. Reach us, O God, and meet us at the points of our needs. Lord, at the end of this ministration, let there be salvation. Let there be deliverance. Let there be edification. Father, O God, people have been struggling with iniquity. May they obtain righteousness this morning. In the name of Jesus Christ. Father, I am nothing. I just present myself unto you. And ask, O God, because you can use anything, use me to bless your church. In the name of Jesus we have prayed. Amen. Praise the Lord. Our topic this morning is hunger and thirst after righteousness. And it's taken from Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, where Jesus said, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Hunger and thirst are signals that the body needs food and water. And we know that for normal homeostasis to be maintained in the body, food is critical. Water is critical. So hunger and thirst are physiological stimuli or signals, if you like, indicating that there is deficiency of food or deficiency of water. And the essence is to enable the body provide, or the individual provide either food or water or both to the body. What food is to the body is what righteousness is to the kingdom. Righteousness is essential to maintain the normal homeostasis of the kingdom. And I understand that this season we are looking at kingdom lifestyle. Hunger tests, these are strong desires, cravings, longings. And in this sense, strong desires for righteousness. Strong desires to know righteousness. To know what is righteousness. Strong desire to do what is righteousness. And strong desire, like Noah, to preach and proclaim righteousness. 
is a very assuring statement here. That those who hunger, those who thirst, those who desire, those who want to be righteous, those who want to practice righteousness, Jesus said, number one, they are blessed. Just desiring, just desiring attracts blessing. And why? Because that desire will always be satisfied. Never is there a desire for righteousness which God has not satisfied and which God cannot satisfy. Once there is a desire to do what is right, God gives the enablement, God gives the grace for the individual to perform that act of righteousness. And righteousness, as we all know, is right standing with God. It is doing what is right, being upright, being fair, being just. I believe that we know what constitutes acts of righteousness. Maybe I will mention them a little later. For us, righteousness is obtained by faith in Christ Jesus. Because the Bible says that Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to Everyone who believes. So the righteousness we are discussing this morning is that righteousness that comes by faith. In Romans chapter 4 verse 5, it is said, But to him that walketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. It is imputed righteousness that we are discussing. Not the righteousness that you work out by yourself as such. And as such is important in this discussion. Because that righteousness which is imputed, which is gotten by faith, is made manifest by action. It manifests itself in practice, in activity, in our doings, in our thoughts. It does not end up just in the heart. It is seen, it is demonstrable. It can be Felt, people around you can see whether you are righteous or not. Moses said to his people, It will be righteousness for us if we are careful to observe all these commandments before the Lord, our God, just as he commanded us. So obedience to the commandments of God constitutes righteousness. If you obey the things that God says you should obey, then you are living righteously. 
That is what Moses said in Deuteronomy 6 verse 25. Our brother John made it very practical. So little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous. Like I said, you get righteousness by believing in Jesus Christ. Once you believe, it is accounted unto you as righteousness. But you don't store that in your heart and say, I am righteous. And then you continue living the way you like. For John, you need to practice righteousness. You need to demonstrate righteousness. That which is in your heart needs to be manifested. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. What am I saying? You can say that righteousness is being good. Being good to yourself. Being good to your neighbor. Being good to God. Being good around everybody that is around you. However, we know that being good alone is not enough. Because there is righteousness and there is righteousness. The righteousness that is of man's origin, the Bible describes as filthy rag. So something has to happen first before your righteousness becomes meaningful and useful. And that is that faith in Christ. It must come. So if you are a good man, yes, you may be righteous. However, the Bible says that your own righteousness before God is like a dirty rag. Meaningless. Opprobious, if you like. Nothing to be counted. Nothing to be benefited of. So if you have been very good all your life, but you have not accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are wasting your time. Even though you have been good. Even though you have a testimony. Even though people say you are, you are wonderful. You need to take this step of accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So that your goodness can be counted as righteousness before God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Without doubt, the benefits of righteousness is enormous, both in this life and in eternity. There are so many passages of scripture telling us what we gain by being righteous. And I'm going to mention some of them, just to refresh our hearts. Those who pursue righteousness and love, the Bible says they find life and prosperity, and they find honor. They find life, prosperity, and honor. In other words, righteousness brings to you life, prosperity. Brings to you honor. Proverbs 21, 21. And we have a popular verse that all of us can quote easily. Matthew 6, 33. It says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. 
I want to emphasize that his, not your, his righteousness, God's righteousness, it is when we have sought the righteousness of God, that that promise there, that all things shall be added unto you, will then be fulfilled. So if we have the righteousness of God, all things will be added unto us. What are the all things? I'm sure we all know that. All the things we are struggling for, the things that keep us awake, the things that the Gentiles and unbelievers die for. The Bible says, if we seek righteousness, the righteousness of God, they will be added to us. The Lord loves the righteous. And he goes out always to remember them for blessing and also to protect them. You can check Proverbs 37, 28, Proverbs 146, verse 8, Psalm 34, verse 15. The righteous are never shaken by circumstances and adverse conditions. Things may be difficult because the Bible says that many are the afflictions of the righteous and indeed they are. And in fact, that is why some people don't want to be part of this righteousness thing. Because the Bible says that those who must live godly those who must be righteous, they will suffer many things. They will suffer affliction. That is the truth. However, the Lord is always there in the midst of the affliction, in the midst of the trouble. Once you are righteous, you are doing the right thing, you have accepted his righteousness, God is always there to protect you. You may not see him, but you will feel him. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The psalmist also noted, I have been young and now I'm old. Yet, have I not seen the righteous forsaken and his seed begging bread? The blessing of the righteous does not end with him. It goes down to his seed. Your children will benefit from your acts of righteousness. Your children will benefit from your acts of righteousness. He shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. His prayer, James tells us, avails much. And the Bible says, say ye to the righteous, reassure the righteous. Which is what we are trying to do this morning. It shall be well with him. It doesn't matter what they are saying from Abuja. It shall be well with the righteous. It doesn't matter what the Fulani Hesmen are doing, are planning to do more. The Bible says, It shall be well with the righteous. For they shall eat the fruit of their doings. Isaiah 3.10 The righteous also Apart from their children, those that are under them and around them get blessed because of them. For when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. The Bible says that righteousness is also a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Indeed, the righteous have a glorious 
and a very enviable end. Jesus in Matthew 13 verse 43 said, Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. Your end will be very glorious. In Psalms 37 verse 37, the Bible says, Mark the perfect man and behold the upright for the end of that man is peace. There is this old prophet called Balaam. He appreciated what we have just said now. That the end of the righteous is glorious. It's wonderful. And Balaam, when he was hired by Balak to curse Israel, one of the things that he did was to pray a prayer that God will make his end be like the end of the righteous. He prayed that he should die the death of the righteous. That was Balaam. But for Balaam, that was wishful thinking. Because to benefit from the benefits of the righteous, you must live the life of the righteous. For many of us, that is the problem. Even though we come to church, we are actually like Balaam. We do not want to do anything right. What is righteousness? Abstaining from immorality is righteousness. Truth-telling is righteousness. Going to work as and when you should is righteousness. Sometimes we use the cover of Christianity to avoid these things and say we are covered by grace. We don't do them. And that is why in the church, young Boys and girls are involved in immoral acts of various kinds. And that's why in the church, married men, married women are no longer satisfied. They say it's grace. They are covered by grace. You are treading the path of Balaam. Wishful thinking. John said, it is those who practice righteousness that are righteous. We should not make any mistake about that. To be righteous, you need to practice righteousness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And sometimes you say, ah, is it possible? Can anybody actually be totally and wholly righteous? That song I started with told us that Jesus is the righteous. Our master is the righteous. And righteousness is actually trying to become or becoming like Jesus himself. Isaiah said we should look back to the stone from where we were caught, from where we were him. We are supposed to be little 
pieces of that stone, having all the components of the stone from where we were caught. And if we have accepted Christ as our Lord and Savior, it means we have been caught from Christ. The life of Christ is in us. Therefore, if he is the righteous, we need to be righteous. The kingdom we are in is headed by a righteous king who does not tolerate iniquity. So for us to make headway in the kingdom, we need to be righteous. People have been here even before the grace of God was made abundant to us through Christ. And the Bible recorded that they lived lives of righteousness. They have that testimony. If they did, we much more can do that. Abel lived at a time when it was easy to commit murder, as demonstrated by his brother Cain. But in Matthew chapter 23, verse 35, the Bible said, Jesus himself speaking, said that he, Abel, through righteousness, through righteousness, through righteousness, offered a better sacrifice than his brother King. He was a righteous man. Check Hebrews chapter 11 verse 4. At a time when the Bible said that the thoughts of man was evil continually. At a time when God regretted that he made man. There stood out a man called Noah. And the Bible said that this man, Noah, was righteous. He was perfect in his own generation. A blameless man, Noah. When it was impossible to do what was right, Noah did not only do what was right, he preached what was right. So many of us have become dumb because if you talk about what is right now, People look at you as coming from another planet. There are things you say that people should not do. They wonder whether you are still here. I remember when I was growing up, many years ago, when I was in the university. Maybe I've said this before. I came back on holidays. I think it was the first year. My aunt asked me if I have been able to find a girlfriend. I said, ah, what for? But I'm a Christian. I don't need any girlfriend. She said, no, 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 no. That is very strange. As an undergraduate, how can you say you don't have a girlfriend? I said, because I don't need one. There are many of you here who probably still think like that. That at a certain age, your daughter should have a boyfriend. Your, do- your daughter should be showing you a man that he may be. And when you don't see that, you get worried as a mother. At a certain age, you expect your son to be moving around with girls that are potential. In fact, um, during the last reunion, 
there was a short discussion I had with an old, an old friend. And he expressed the union of the Christian union. And he expressed concern that his children are grown up, graduates, but they are not moving around with any guests. He was saying, can't we encourage them, sister, 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 brother, they can become, you know, that way they know themselves. Because that is what is in vogue. Do you belong to that group? You know what I said? I said, well, thank God that your children are following after your footsteps. Because you didn't have. But he's worried that they're now grown up to marry, but there's nobody around. I said at the right time, God will provide their wives. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So, Noah must have found it very difficult telling people not to tell lies. He must have found it very difficult telling people that stealing is wrong. He must, found, must have found it very difficult telling people that it is not good to be idolatrous. He must have found it very difficult to preach righteousness. But the Bible recorded that he preached it and he lived by it. May God help us to be like Noah. Even our brother Lot, we know Lot. In 2 Peter 2 verse 7, we are told that the righteous Lot, unimaginable, for a man to be righteous in a place like Sodom and Gomorrah, where it was sin galore. But the Bible said that he was righteous. The righteous Lord, he was vexed. He was anguished by the immoral conduct of the lawless people living around him. We still get vexed by their sin that is around us. Do we get angry at iniquity? Or do we applaud it? Or we are just passive? There was a man, when Israel sinned against God, and God got angry and was killing them. Killing them. One young man, who still went out, brought a Midianite girl into the camp to continue the iniquity that brought destruction. One young man named Phinehas was vexed. He was anguished in his spirit and he went in and pierced the two. How many of us are still defending righteousness in that manner? Taking action against what we know that is evil. Those are the people who are actually hungering and testing after righteousness. Let us know that these three men, Abel, Noah, and Lot, they did not allow their environment to detect what they did. We cannot use our environment as an excuse for not living righteously. Say, ah, brother, if you have been there, 
You know, how can you? It's not possible. Some of us say we are like fish in the water. Have uh-huh. These three were like fish in the water, but were not touched by water. Three of them. They stood out for righteousness. The promise in Matthew 5, 6 is if we hunger and thirst after righteousness, we shall be filled. God is faithful. We have said that this morning to fulfill every promise that he has made. Uh, Is there any area of my life where I'm still struggling with iniquity, with sin? I am told this morning that if I desire to leave that, I will be filled. God will answer the prayer. Sometimes God even goes beyond our own expectations in answering such prayers. Can somebody read Exodus chapter 33, 12 to 23? I just want to use that to show you how far God is willing to go in answering our prayers, in meeting our desires. Exodus 33 verse 12 Moses said to the Lord, You have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you sent with me. You said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways, so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. The Lord replied, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people? Unless you go with us, what else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked, because I am pleased with you, and I know you by name. Then Moses said, Now show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you. And I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. And I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face, for no one sees me and live. Then the Lord said, there is a place near me where you may stand on a rock. When my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft in the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will remove my hand, and you will see my path. But my face must not be seen. Praise the Lord. Now, in that passage, I want us to observe something about God responding to requests. Moses acknowledged that God had asked him to lead his people. And he said, yes, I'm willing to go. 
but one thing is that you have not told me who you are sending with me. I need to know the person that you are sending to go along with me. You have just said, lead these people. Who is going to lead them with me? I need help. He went further to say, tell God, if you don't show me the way, I will not go. Show me the way. How did God answer that prayer? He answered the two by one single act. He told Moses, I don't need to send anybody. I don't even need to give you a map. Google or not. I will go with you. My presence will go with you. What else does Moses need to have success but the presence of God? Nothing. God offered himself to Moses to fulfill the two requests. He will be his companion and he will lead him on the way. That is how God answers our prayers when we pray sincerely. He goes beyond, Moses never expected that God himself will now be the leader. Probably was expecting that God would say, go with Aaron. Or, go with Joshua. They are going to help you. Or appoint 12 people that will go with you. Now I will draw a map as I have given you the commandments on tablets of stone. I'm going to draw you a map that once you follow it, you will get to the promised land. Without problem. But no. God said. My presence. Will go with you. Every sincere prayer. Of every sincere Christian. Is answered beyond. Your expectation. By God. What is the desire. If that prayer this morning. Is God. I want to live a righteous life. I want to always do that which will please you. I want to walk with you all the days of my life. I don't want to sidestep again. I don't want to backslide again. I don't want to have regrets again on this way. Note, God will answer that prayer this morning beyond your expectation. We know this example of Solomon. When God appointed him also to lead. He made a simple prayer. And God also answered that prayer far beyond the expectation of Solomon. God has not changed. He will satisfy every hunger and thirst for righteousness. Shall we pray? Ask God to help you. It is a promise that Jesus himself made. Those who thirst and hunger after righteousness shall be filled. Is it really true? Do you love him more than any other? Is there any other thing contesting your love for him? Why righteousness is not having the preeminence in your life? Speak to him this morning.
is going to satisfy the hunger. Do you really want him more than silver or gold? Do you want him more than your work? Do you want him more than your academic pursuits? Do you really want him more than anything else the world can offer? Only him can satisfy. Only him, only in him can real joy be found. Father, thank you that as we hunger for you, that you will fill us. Let there be the feeling, not just now, but every day. In Jesus' name we pray.